Psalm chapter 23. We're in a series called Psalm Sunday, and I don't know how you could teach through the book of Psalms without going through the famous 23rd Psalm. That's like, I mean, I, I, I have read through the Bible at least 40 times, the whole thing through, and probably I've read the Old Testament uh, more than that. And, you know, sometimes when you are used to reading through the Bible on a reading plan, you get over into Leviticus and Numbers or the book of Ezra, and, and you know what you do. You just kind of skim read and check it off. Uh-huh. Yeah. But whenever I get to this passage, every time I read it, man, it ministers to me. It says something fresh. It's got something real. And I, I just really sense that, you know, you're in for a treat this morning. We are going to study the 23rd Psalm because I love reading through this. Now, let's read the whole psalm here. I want to read from the text and pray. It's only six verses. Uh, you, and many of you know this. You can quote it verbatim. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He said, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy, just like we sang about this morning, will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for the timeless words of Scripture, and I pray you help me just do this passage of Scripture justice this morning. Uh, I thank you, Lord, that you're a very present help in time of need, and today we want to just learn about that, learn a bit, your present shepherding hand in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Now, I don't know if I should be proud of this or not, but I, I, uh, I was a student in Laurel High School 20 years ago, <laughs> so that feels like it was a long time ago, but I am a bit smarter than I was in those days. Now, uh, I, I was in between my uh, sophomore and senior, no, my, my, my junior and senior year in the summer, like about like this. And a bunch of my friends had decided that we were going to go float down the uh, Clark's Fork of the Yellowstone River. Not the Yellowstone, but the Clark's Fork. And someone had told us, hey, I don't know if you should do that because the river is flowing a little higher than normal. But Laurel High School students are not known for their smarts, is Anyone from Laurel High School out there, you, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> that and when you're in high school, you feel invincible, isn't that right? You feel like you could take on the world. So, you know, we, we tubed it, inner tubes, we floated all the way on down. And, and you know how it goes, you, you drop people off and then you float down to where the car's at. And when we got to the end, we were all getting to the shore and I heard a girl very faintly in my ear screaming because she was being swept away down the river. She couldn't quite make it over to the shore where we were. So I, I jumped in there. No one else noticed. I saw it like the corner of my eye. I got back in. I went and I helped her. She was holding on to some bushes on the side. I helped some over, grabbed her. We got her back over to the bank. And you know, her name was Cassie. Now, I ran into her a couple years ago. Uh, she was working at Stockman Bank then. And uh, I asked her if she remembered the time I saved her life. She said, I do. <laughs> Thank you very much. But that's what, you know, Friends would do. That, that is what a parent would do for his child. And that is what a shepherd would do for his sheep. Jesus is the shepherd. And he will leave the 99 to go after the one. He will leave uh, unruly teenagers to save a drowning victim. 
That's what, that's what the Lord's ministry is. Now, uh, I want to just walk through the passage. And you know how this psalm starts. The Lord is my shepherd. And if you would read that, you could put like a little parenthesis right between the word my and the word shepherd, and you could add the word personal. The Lord is my personal shepherd. That's who he is. He's a personal shepherd. And I think this is what makes this psalm so particularly enduring, is that it's got his personal touch all over. In fact, as you read through the passage, if you study it out, you'd find out that just about all of the names of God are revealed in this passage of Scripture. He's Jehovah Rapha, the shepherd. He's Jehovah Nisi, your, your banner of victory. He's Jehovah Jireh, your provider. He's Jehovah Sitkanu, your righteousness. And, and his name is revealed in this passage of Scripture and printed all over it. And, and it's just something amazing about his shepherding ability. Jesus called himself the good shepherd. John 10, I am the good shepherd. The writer of Hebrews said that he was a great shepherd, and Peter wrote that he was the chief shepherd and the overseer of our souls. When, whenever I read through this passage, I'm just reminded of his personal touch in my life. Now, the thing about shepherding is that people in Bible days would have been very familiar with shepherds. They would have recognized them, perhaps identified with the shepherd. They, they were familiar with, with this train of thought. And the Bible also likens sheep with people. This is why we have a shepherd is because we are like sheep. And I was kind of doing some studying about sheep, you know, and, and, and the similarities. You know, the interesting thing about sheep and people that makes them similar is, believe it or not, sheep actually have a fairly high intelligence level. I know you wouldn't think that, but sheep can actually pick up on particular social cues and they might see one sheep in the distance, and that's why they would, they would see him do something and follow a minority, because they're perceptive. Sheep also, you know, tend to be, uh, you know, social creatures. Uh, they do better in community, just like people. Sheep are vulnerable, which, you know, is why they, the Bible mentions thieves and robbers, just like people. Man, sometimes we get naive and we get led astray by things. Sheep are... Uh, frightened by loud noises. They're frightened by sudden things. They're frightened by, you know, uh, change and, and circumstances that just kind of quickly move. And, and, and so they're very frightful creatures. And the thing about sheep is that they tend to overconsume or they overgraze. You know, cattle will just kind of eat up the grass and, and leave a little stub left, but a sheep will eat it all the way down. And sometimes that's what people do. We have vices or we have appetites that we let run wild sometimes. And, and so we can see a, a very number of similarities between people and sheep. And I guess that's why you need a shepherd, because you need someone to watch over you, someone to take care of your soul. And Jesus is revealing himself as a shepherd. That's what David's writing about. He's writing about the shepherding hand of God. And I, what I want to highlight for us this morning here are what we could call the perks of a personal shepherd. You know, perk is a, a fringe benefit that you get. It's, it's when, when Jesus is your shepherd, there is some enormous advantages to his hand in your life. Now, I, I was um, preparing this you know, passage of scripture, and I, I mean, I, I, my outline is almost identical to the one I preached last week. You know, uh, how many of you here last week, we talked on Father's Day from Psalm chapter 10, and, and I, I'm like, man, 
I don't know if I should kind of highlight the same things and themes, but it was like, it just wouldn't leave me. I wanted to go through Psalm 23. I felt this desire, and I'm just going to give you what the text gave me, what the Lord put on my heart. And, and so I guess he's emphasizing something. I've been highlighting some things here. So the first thing we could say, the first advantage, the first perk of having a personal shepherd is found in this verse first. The Lord is my shepherd. And then he said, I shall not want. That is a statement of provision. I will not, he said, I shall not want. Uh, which really means no lack, that there's going to be no inadequacies, shortcomings, or scarcity. David is the one who in Psalm 34, 9 said that those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. As long as you are seeking the Lord, he is a provider. He, that's, that's who he reveals himself as. Just like God the Father is a provider, we said last week, and fathers should provide for their children. The Lord is a shepherd, and, and as a shepherd, he'll see to it that you are not in lack. You know, my mom was uh, an English teacher. She was an English major in, in college. And uh, you would think that with an English teacher mother, I would have had like A++++ in English. But sometimes we, you know, we scrape together C's. <laughs> I don't I couldn't understand it. I was like, Mom, I got like a, a B minus today. What, what is that all about? <laughs> but one thing that having an English mom teacher will do for you is that you will understand the difference between certain words like will and shall. It's interesting. I looked this up. Every translation translates the verse the same way. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Because the difference between the word will and the word shall is this little inference of activity on our end. When it says, I shall not want, it's inferring that if you have made the Lord as your shepherd, if you've submitted yourself to him, if you've given yourself over to him in his ownership, that is the place where he commands his blessing. That's the place where he said, there will be no lack in your life. It's when we come under his hand and submit to him his place of ownership and authority in our lives. That's where he becomes obligated to watch over and care for his sheep. Now, let me tell you where provision comes from. Provision, this is what I've discovered about it. Provision is found when you submit yourself to the Lord, when he really does become your shepherd. And as I submit to God, that's where he shows up and comes through in marvelous ways. And here's the trick about it, because this is something at 40 years old, I'm walking through in my own life and discovering. Sometimes if you're competent in something, if you're capable with something, if you want to achieve something, you know, you kind of have this feeling like, I can do this. I got this. Like, like in the strength of my own hand, I, I can do this. And I've had the Lord correct me on multiple occasions that it's not, his provision is not in my strength it's in his strength. It's his ability to be my shepherd. And when I submit to that, that's where he shows himself strong on my behalf. And on multiple occasions here, even recently, I've had to just let my hands up and say, Lord, I'm going to submit to you. I'm going to do what you said. If you said, honor you in this way and tithe and pray and bless my wife and, and, and submit to your hand in my life, you will take care of me. The Lord is your shepherd. He said you won't lack. Now, provision comes through faith. I mean, that's the simplest way you could say it. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Of those that seek to come to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that seek him. When, when you believe in the Lord, and, and that's all he's asking, a simple belief. And if you believe 
in his ability to take care of you and, you and you follow him, he has promised that he would take care of you. There, there's a special blessing that comes when you just believe. That's all he's asking. I just believe that he's my shepherd. I believe in faith that he will take care of me. I don't got to struggle. I don't got to struggle. I just have a simple belief that God has got me and he's been a shepherd to me all these years. Provision comes, especially, is interesting, when you're in a place of want, in a place of need. Like when you really have a problem. That's where I've discovered that he shows up. And I don't know if you've ever had those moments when it's like there's no money in the bank account, and the pantry's empty, you've got decisions to make, and you don't know what to do, and you're kind of trying to figure out what, what are my next steps. And, and in moments like that, I have always found that my shepherd is right there to provide. And the more times you walk through moments like that, that faith muscle gets exercised in you. So you get stronger and more confident, and you just trust in the fact that he's got me. I mean, sometimes, you know, it's almost a blessing to go through difficult moments because you find this is where he shows up and makes provision for the things that you need. The Lord is my shepherd, and he said, I shall not want. That's where provision becomes available for you and me. Now, let's take a look at a second perk, a second advantage to his shepherdship in our lives. Let's look at verse number two. As a shepherd, it says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters, and it tells us that he restores my soul and leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Now, here's the second perk, real, real simple. He's a provider, but as a shepherd, he also brings peace into my life. The peace of God. Man, when we thought, think about peace, it, it's more than just the absence of conflict. It really is the presence of God. P peace is this precious commodity, and you know, it's a place where you get mutual harmony and contentment of soul, and actually the Bible describes it as a supernatural sensation. Philippians chapter 4, when talking about the peace of God, Paul said it surpasses all your understanding. It's like incomprehensible. Sometimes you get in moments and the peace of God is right there to help you figure out what to do. It's a supernatural thing. And it's part of the supernatural kingdom that we're in. The kingdom of God, Romans 14, 17, is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. There's something about the peace of God, man. The thing about a shepherd is, is that he is responsible for the guidance and the safekeeping of the sheep. That's what they do. They keep the sheep in a place of, of green pasture, and, and when you submit to his hand in your life, when you let him shepherd you, think about the places that he'll take you to. He will take you to green pasture, mountain meadows, where you can be well-fed. Have you ever noticed that when you get hungry, you get angry? I mean, I just solved a lot of problems in your home right there. The real problem with your kids fighting is that they're hungry. We figured this out. So when you get a little food in your belly... It's like everything calms down. Contentment hits the home. And it's the same thing spiritually. Sometimes the reason why you're all caught up in your flesh and bickering and arguing and frustrated is because you haven't spent any time in the Scripture. Have fed yourself, for, sitting in the presence of the Lord. And, and if you'll just let him lead you, man, he'll bring you over to some places where he can feed you with the Word of God. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but every Word of God. There's something about the Word of God. There's something about being fed that just allows you to have contentment and peace and in your soul. He, he said, I'll, I'll lead you beside the still waters. Yeah, that's a place where you get rested and recharged. You know, there, there's something about rest 
that allows you to stay in the right pace in life. It recharges you, it refreshes you. And I found that when I am in the presence of the Lord, he refreshes me. I mean, there's something significant about just spending time with him. He's my shepherd. I want to just sit at his feet, learn from the word of God. And it's like, man, still waters. It's like green pastures. This is the place where he can restore your soul. That's the healing that Jesus can provide. And he does it from the inside out. It's really incredible to me that when you look at people and the problems that they're facing, particularly emotional ones or, 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 or things that just seem to drive them, or addiction problems or codependency or, 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 or financial problems, very often it's an internal thing that has not been healed. And what happens with Jesus when you spend time with him, this is where he just restores your soul. He gives you peace, contentment from the inside out so that you can walk with him and, and all the places he wants to go. He is a healer, a restorer of your soul. He'll, think about what he can restore. He can restore years back to you. He can restore your soul. He can give you back things you thought were lost. That's what he does. He restores things. It tells us that he leads me in the paths of righteousness. You know what I've discovered about his shepherding hand in my life? is that he's never going to lead me in a compromised position. Whenever the Lord leads me as my shepherd, it's going to be in paths of righteousness. It's going to be away from vices and bondages and certain sinful habits and behaviors. And he will lead me into a place that honors and glorifies his name. He will take you to a place where you're following him, and instead of getting caught up in you know, activity that's you know, sinful or questionable, you know from the shepherd that you have in you which, which thing you should do. That's his shepherding hand. In fact, the Bible says that the Lord will completely sanctify your spirit, soul, and body. It says the God of peace will completely sanctify you. He has this ability to keep you from sin, keep you in his guidance, you from bondages. That, that's, what he'll, that's the place that he'll lead you. His leadership and his guidance will lead you into a place of blessing. Man, I was talking about this just a couple weeks ago. You, you got two choices in life. And if you are going to follow your own will, your, your own plan, your, your own thoughts, you're going to end up in a dry and weary land. But if you will follow the Lord as your shepherd, he will lead you beside the still waters. He will bring you into the place and pasture of peace. Amen? Peace is a precious commodity, man. How many want more peace in your life? All you need is more of Jesus, more of, a, more of the Word of God. So that's a second perk of a personal shepherd. It's the peace of God. Now I'm going to give you another advantage here, and I'm in verse 4. He said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He said, I'll fear no evil, for your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And they said, You prepare a table before me, in the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil, and my cup runs over. I read these verses, and it was like I could just see there between going through the valley and between seated at a table in the presence of enemies, God's protective hand on your life. So here's a third perk to having a personal shepherd is protection. He is going to be with you and protect you through the various things that you're faced with. He'll look after you. He will defend you. Uh, he, he'll be a shield and buckler for you, and, and he'll cover you with his faith. I mean, that, that's, that's the provision that we have from God. Just like we said last week about fathers, that a father will protect his children. God the Father protects you. That's what shepherds do. Now, if you've ever studied David and his writings in the Psalms, he has a literary 
uh, thing that he does where he'll, he'll take you from a really wonderful sweet spot and, and then in, in the, right, he'll juxtapose that with some difficulties. I mean, here, here we've got still waters, green meadows, and all of a sudden now we're going into the valley of the shadow of death and, and, and enemies. And it's like all of a sudden this, the scene has flipped. That's common to the way that David writes. That was his life experience. Sometimes it feels like, you know, you're going long, things are fine, and all of a sudden that road that you're on has a fork in the road and it's a sudden turn to the left. And, and, and however it goes, you just got to hold on to your hat. Now, here's David writing about the valley. The valley is a vulnerable place. Did you know that? Because valleys are difficult to defend. You can defend the high ground, but a valley is a place that where someone is susceptible to an attack. And, and the Bible is filled with these valleys of despair. Uh, one place was called the Valley of Ono. That was where uh, Nehemiah was going to meet with a guy named Samballot who was going to hoodwink him. He was going to trick him. And he said, come meet me in the Valley of Ono. And uh, Nehemiah said, oh, no. <laughs> when you hear about the Valley of Ono, you, that's not a valley you want to be at. Uh, there's valleys in the Bible, the Valley of Weeping, the Valley of Baca, where people are crying and there's despair and hard things and difficulties. There's the, the Valley of Hinnom. This is where outside of Jerusalem, there's a perpetual fire that took place where they had sacrifices. It was like a trash heap later in history. Everything was burning there. There's all kinds of valleys like that in the Bible. The Valley of Elah, where David fought Goliath. I mean, there's sometimes giants are in the valleys. So valleys are difficult places. But David said, even though I might be in the middle of a valley, I don't have to fear any evil. Because he said, the Lord is with me. Here's what I've discovered about being in the valley. If you want protection in the valley... It is as simple as being in the presence of God. The presence of God, the Lord with you, is a way that you'll find protection in your life. This happened to us on our last camping trip. Uh, I thought it would be fun to go scout new campgrounds. My poor wife, she doesn't understand men. Men are adventurous. Men want to go out and they want to find new places to be. And I was outside of Red Lodge and I found a campground I'd never been to. And I, uh, I did neglect to look online that the longest parking spot at that campground was 16 feet, and I have a 20-foot camper. <laughs> so we get to the campground, and we're trying to figure out, first of all, <laughs> where do we go? How are we going to turn around? And I, I, I was just listening to my phone give out directions, and so it said, go to the right, go to the right. And I looked down, and there was a valley. Like, it went down, and here I am with three children in a old suburban and a heavy camper lumbering down this valley. And my wife, the whole time, she was like, this ain't a good idea. I don't, I mean. So I got around the loop, and, and on the way back up, I didn't take the turn wide enough, and my camper trailer got stuck on a rock. And there we were, stuck. Oh, man, I was in a valley, and I was thinking how much it would cost to get a tow truck to get me out of here. We were trying to figure out what we were going to do, how embarrassing this was. And my poor wife, I mean, she did start getting a little, she's scared, a little, a little sweaty, a little flustered, a little, what, and you know what happened that moment? In that moment, I felt the peace of the Lord come on. It was his presence. It was like, I'm here with you in this valley of self-inflicted buffoonery. <laughs> and I got out, I looked at it, I surveyed the situation, we backed that thing up a little bit, and I felt the Lord speak to me to put the truck into low gear and four-wheel drive. 
and we crawled our way up. <laughs> but I felt his hand with me in the valley. Have you ever been in a valley like that? And you get in these moments in life, you're like, where are you? But his presence will protect you. If you've got his presence, you've got everything you need. His presence will be right there. Now, he's going to talk about the instruments of a shepherd. Your rod and your staff, they come from me. You know, I think about the shepherding staff there, that it's got two ends. It's got a rod. That's the end that you use to poke the sheep with. It's called the rod of correction. And it's got the nice curved end. That's for comfort. And this is the way that God protects us, with correction and with comfort. And sometimes what sheep need is to be whacked upside the head. <laughs> that could be a real good form of correction in your life. Yeah, it's just his protective hand. Now, some people have this idea that, you know, God is angry and he's up there in heaven whacking people like whack-a-mole. And that's really not what he does. He, he, he will correct you with little subtle impressions and little moments where he don't do that or change this behavior. And if you listen to that and it pokes your heart, it can penetrate you. That's correction. I mean, he'll do that. He'll just say, hey, hey. And if you listen to that, it will protect you. That's his rod of correction. Yeah, it's used sometimes to whack people. Now, I remember one time when I was like, I was like 20 and I had gotten into arguing with my mom and then I went to have Bible study and I came across the 141st Psalm and it said, let the righteous strike my head. It, sh it shall be as oil upon my garments. <laughs> I thought, okay, Lord, I hear you. I hear your Rebecca. I hear your correction. But on the other hand, that, that shepherd staff has got that hook in it. Because you know what happens with sheep? Sometimes they fall off cliffs or they get stuck in situations and and he'll just, a shepherd, he'll just extend that hook and he'll pick a sheep up. And sometimes that's what you need is the corrective, or the, uh, the, the comfort of the Holy Spirit, the comforting uh, shepherd to pick you up and hold you. And you know, it's funny, if you haven't been healed of certain things or you're frustrated or you get angry and, and you start getting, you know, you, you'll, you'll start moving in a direction that is not good for you and comfort can calm you down. The comforting hand of God you getting calm, you getting alone with him, him just letting love on you and tell you that you're a blessing. Just get that, and it will help you make good decisions. That can be a protective thing. Yeah. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. I will not want. He's a shepherd with a rod and a staff that correct and comfort me. And he said that he will prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You know, you can have protection from enemies. You know, the Bible says in uh, Proverbs 16, that when a man's ways please the Lord, even his enemies are at peace with him. And I've had this happen to me because, you know, I remember I was working at a warehouse job at a lumberyard, and I told all the guys in the lumberyard I was going to be a pastor. And then everybody became my enemy. <laughs> they made fun of me. They were mooning me from the top of lumber stacks, and throwing stuff at me, and put hair on my chest and prepared me for the ministry. But, you know, when I left the jobs I've had, I had favor with people. And it wasn't me or a work ethic. It was just the goodness of God. He prepared a table before me, and everything worked out. His blessing was there. He said, you anoint my head with oil. You know what that's about? Is in the Middle East, it's like the driest part in the world. And when, when you're in that dry region, flies are going to be accumulating on your livestock. And they look for moisture, and so they'll often get around the eyes of sheep. And you can get a sheep that's infected. But when he said, I'm going to put oil on your head... What he's talking about is anointing the head of a sheep, and it's almost like this, this uh, insect repellent, which keeps the flies away. 
Here's what it tells me. It tells me if you really want to be protected, you're going to have to uh, listen not to the lies and the flies, but you're going to have to listen to the voice of the Lord in your life, the voice of the shepherd. And it, it's a funny thing, man, because if you don't have that protective barrier, if a mind that isn't covered it, with the anointing oil, the helmet of salvation not renewed in the scriptures, this is where you can get lingering flies that'll bring an infection in your life. But a good shepherd is going to anoint his sheep with oil. This is how he protects people. He protects you with truth and not with the lies of the flies. Amen? Now, one, one last perk here. And I was reading through this. I got to verse 6, and it just excited me. Because he said, surely. That means without fail, like for real, I got your back. Surely, he said, goodness and mercy shall follow me on Tuesday. No, it says, every day of the week, all my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Here is the great, this is, I think, the greatest perk of having a personal shepherd. His oversight is perpetual. All the days of my life, I'm going to have provision. There will be peace. There will be protection. It is continuous, enduring, and everlasting. And David himself said it. The Lord is with me. That's what the writer of Hebrews said. He said, he will be with you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you, even to the end of the age. He, he, he's got your back. He hadn't forgotten about you. And you're on the forefront of his mind. That's why David said in Psalm 40 that he couldn't even number the thoughts that he, God has towards us because he loves us so much. That it, it's a perpetual thing. This is what I've discovered about Jesus as a shepherd. He offers better roadside assistance than AAA. I mean, he's there 365 days of the year, even on holidays, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, whenever you call upon his name, that's when he's there. It's a perpetual thing. It's, it endures forever. It's never ending. I mean, it, it's wonderful. He said in verse 5 that your cup will run over. Do you realize that there is no limitation to his blessing and abundance? I mean, his blessing, there's no limit to to the resources that he has. I have found that as I have made him my shepherd and submitted to him his corrections, his comforting in my life as I followed him, it's like every year God increases me. Every year there's this perpetual sense of his blessing. Things just get better and better and better. I like what the Proverbs chapter 4 verse 18 says. He says that the, the path of the God just has a shining of the sun, which shines ever brighter under the perfect day. When you walk with him, it, it's like God just has a, a, a way of blessing your life exceedingly, abundantly, above everything you can ask or think. His resources are without limitation. And you know what else is without limitation? His goodness in your life. I mean, his goodness. We sang about that. Goodness, the goodness of God, better than you can ask or think. And, and you ought to give more credit than you do for being good to you and faithful. You have no idea of all the things that he saved you from and kept you from and, and, and blessed you with. And, and it's just his hand. And sometimes when you're in that valley or you feel frustrated with life or you don't like the boss you're working for, or you just wonder what's the purpose of my existence and struggle. That is a place where his goodness can show itself strong. I think about Job. And it says, consider the end of Job. The Lord was going to bless him. The goodness of God came at the end of Job's life. His goodness is always revealed. You know what else is without end is his mercy. There's no limit to his mercy. It's new every morning, which means when you've stumbled, when you've messed up, 
When you get frustrated, his mercy is still there to meet you every morning. I mean, think about how good he's been. He, he's so good, he got up and met you this morning, I bet. You know, what's interesting is that the last two Sundays, I have had dreams right before I woke up. And both of them were the shepherd's uh, rod whacking me upside the head. <laughs> Excuse me. I had the corrective word of the Lord. And it's his shepherding, fathering ability. It's his mercy, which is new every morning. His mercy is what will help lead, help lead you. Yeah. It, when we talk about uh, David saying here, the, the dwelling in the house of the Lord, he's expressing the longing that every soul has for the continuous sense of the presence of God, which is something you can have continuous fellowship with and communion of the Holy Spirit in your life because of his blood. He said you can have it forever. David had a desire to have God's presence in his life forever and forever and forever. Yeah. If you want to talk about the word perpetual, we could also call it retroactive. Retroactive means that it's applicable in the past, in your present, and in the future. That's why the writer of Hebrews in chapter 9 and verse 14 said that the eternal spirit is what accomplished our salvation. The Holy Spirit has a retroactive nature to him. And when I think about the way that Psalm 23 is positioned... I can't help but notice that Psalm 22 started out with the words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And if you read through there, you'll discover that was what Jesus said on the cross. Psalm 22 is like a newspaper reading of what took place on the cross with the crucifixion and suffering and, and, and bones be, not being broken, but it, it's incredible. And then you get over into Psalm 23 which is the present moment. The Lord is my shepherd. He is my provider. He is the one who will be with me in difficult moments. He's an ever-present help in time of need. Jesus is a present shepherd, ready to help. And then Psalm 24 is about the future. The king of glory coming back again. See, he's got you past, present, and future. This is the beautiful perks of having a personal shepherd in your life. He is with you wherever you go. Oh, I love reading through Psalm 23. Now I was thinking about my friend Cassie getting swept. I had been, and you know, the thought hit me. That was just after I had rededicated my life. I had been like adrift as a teenager, floating down the creek there, floating down without any help, because I wasn't submitted myself to a shepherd. Now I want to ask you the question this morning: Is are you how close are you to the shepherd? Are you close enough that you hear his voice? He said his sheep will hear his voice. That's what Jesus said. Sometimes when you're in a group of sheep, you, you don't, you, you're not able to see him, but you can hear him. And, and if he says to you, go this direction, or I'm here with you, or how clear is his voice in your life? Anyone want to hear the voice of the Lord more? Because his voice will be right there with you. Sometimes it's about following where he leads. And it's the funny thing about sheep, they'll follow Sheep, little sheep will start making a, a, a little fuss and, and they'll, they'll start following that rather than the shepherd. And sheep have that perceptive ability. But I want to be the kind of person who has submitted myself to his shepherding. Will you follow him wherever he takes you? And his guidance in your life, man, it's real, it's powerful, it's profound. It's a, there's like a subtleness to it in your spirit. When he leads you, you follow where he goes. Yeah. Or it could be that you need to have a sense of the presence of God, a greater sense 
of God's presence in your life. How many of you want to sense it more and more and more? Man, I feel like if I could have the presence of God when I'm stuck in a valley in a difficult moment, I can have it anywhere. That's what David That's what the Bible says. David said, I could make my bed in hell. You'd be there. The presence of the Lord can be with you in any moment. And all you have to do to have that is a greater awareness of his shepherding hand in your life, that he's involved, that he's aware. And, and if you can't sense it, it just means he might need to whack you upside the head with his rod of correction <laughs> or inside the heart or however gentle he's got to do it. But I feel like, I feel the shepherding hand of the Lord this morning. Can we pray that? I want to pray that over you. I want to pray that you would submit yourself to the shepherd in a greater way. Ooh, Lord, I thank you this morning for sheep and green pastures. I pray the blessing of the Lord on people who followed you all these years. And Lord, there's a lot of sheep in this room that don't want to, re- they don't want to rebel. They don't want to go their own way. They want to go the way the Lord has for them. So Father, I just pray that we'd open our hearts up to follow you wherever you lead us. Lord, that you're our healer, you're our provider, you're the one who watches out over us. Father, I just thank you this morning. I thank you for your grace and mercy that's available and new to us all the time. It's following us. It goes where we go. I just thank you, Father. Mm. Lord, bless these sheep as we submit to you. Bless the people of God. Bring us into still waters of good, goodness and mercy and love all the days of our lives. In Jesus' name. Uh, I, I found, as I was doing a little research on sheep, a very interesting story about it. This is a true story of a sheep whose name was Shrek in New Zealand. 2004, there was a sheep who had wandered from his family. And this, this sheep lived in caves for six years and actually had accumulated 54 pounds of excess merino wool when they finally found it. Now, you, you, know, you would think that the sheep would have been strong from carrying that, but it actually was almost too heavy for him. He was weak and feeble. This is a great picture of what happens when people don't follow a shepherd. Because you know what the book of Isaiah says in Isaiah 53? All we like sheep have gone astray. But the Lord laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. This is such an individual thing. All, all, all sheep. It's, it's, I mean, everybody has the potential to go astray. It's an individual salvation paid for by an individual Savior. Jesus, he paid for the iniquity. And maybe this morning you've got some excess weight from going your own path and not following the will of the Lord, not submitting to him as a shepherd. And you know what that'll do? That'll wear you out. That'll leave you weak and feeble. And I just wanted to take a moment and pray that over. If, If you don't know the Lord, if you've walked away, if you've drifted, if you've left the pasture and you live in isolated caves and alone, by yourself. I just want to pray with you. you can, every head bowed, every eye closed. You could put a hand up this morning and say, I'm not right with the Lord. And I want him in my life. I see that hand. I see those hands. And if you would, would you just pray with us in this moment? Let's all pray together. Say, Father, I thank you for your corrective love in my life. Bring me back into the sheepfold. And I want to give my life to you fully holy, committed totally. So I follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Now, if you prayed that prayer and you're sincere, I'd love to meet with you after the service. We've got a uh, team of people that can come pray. We'd, we'd like to just meet you. And, and we want to help you grow in the things of God. You need a church. That, you know, 
Pastors are like shepherds. You need people to help you grow. You need a team of people to help, you know, come together and grow in the things of God. That's something that God has put in the heart of people because we're all like sheep, amen? Stand up with us this morning. Amen. Boy, I feel the, the goodness of the Lord, man. You know what I, I, you know what I feel in, at the end as we close out this service this morning? I feel distinctive, the, the peace, I feel the distinctive peace of the Lord. Now, I don't know who's going through struggles, trials, battles, difficult things, decisions you've got to make, or you just are confused about what to do. And, and But I'm telling you, his peace is real. His peace is there when you, he's a present help at time of need. And I just sense the peace of the Lord today. If you need peace in your life, if you've got some problems, if you've got some, some answers that you need, uh, I want you to, these altars are open. We're here to pray with you. In the name of Jesus. I'm glad you came out to church this morning. And I want you to value and bless every one of you. Uh, if you would, take one of these cards and invite someone out next Sunday to church because we're going to have a great time. There will be food. There will be water slides for kids. It will be epic and a blast. And uh, we will also be celebrating Jesus and appreciating the fact that we're born in America. Amen? Amen. So we will catch you all next week. God bless you.